Hello my pretties and your little dogs too. Welcome, my name is Katie. While I may be sitting in wine country, it doesn't mean we're limited to just discussing wine. Let's also chat about food, home, books, and lifestyle trends, and I promise only less than a minute of national news and politics. You can time me, so get out your stopwatches and grab a cup or a glass of your favorite beverage and let's dish the vineyard dirt, shall we? Good morning, and how's your day going? Are you facing the same fickle spring weather that I've been facing? One minute it's a lovely 60 degrees with the sun beaming, and then comes the rain, and more rain. And one morning when I had planned to go out to pick a big bouquet of daffodils and tulips and forsythia from my yard, as I opened the door, the ground was covered with snow and a surge of large flakes were dropping from the sky. So the snow finally left the next day and later I was able to recover a couple of bouquets. Um, As I look at the calendar today, I cannot believe we're almost at the end of April. My body tells me we're still in the month of January. And I guess I'm at that stage of life where I have to remind myself to no longer wish for a special day, holiday, or even an event to hurry and get here. I think I mentioned in the last podcast that the last three weekends I had been busy, but now I notice it takes me a few days after each gathering to recover. The last weekend in March, I joined... 20 other very eclectic women in spirit and dress as we had a spring tea. However, we celebrated spring dressed as fairies and other forest creatures. We ate well, we drank bubbles, chatted, and even did a little bit of shopping. I typically wear my same old outfit with butterfly wings and a red gnome hat gussied up with some flowers kind of like a little floral crown but the other women's outfits are always jaw-dropping with color and creativity I always look forward to how everyone looks so beautiful and I look forward to our next gathering that we have in October The following weekend, I joined up with a gathering of five friends, six counting myself, and seven if you count my younger sister, who often enjoys our gatherings, but sometimes says it is reminiscent of her childhood when, like a gathering of parents who sits around a table that she remembers when she was a kid. So, what do we all have in common? Well, we all graduated from the same high school with the exception of one friend who graduated from a private school across town. But in our town, no matter if we went to private school or public, we still knew each other due to family, friends, and neighbors. In our group, we have a variety of ages from the class of 1970, 1972, my class, 1976, 1978, and so on. We gather about four times a year, and often with a big potluck of Sunday brunch starting about 10 in the morning and winding down around 2. 
There's always lots of coffee and mimosas. And what do we talk about? Well, sometimes we talk about grievances that we have about maybe former friends and acquaintances. And we eventually will chat about local politics. And we can't help it, but sooner or later, the discussion ends up about national politics. Now, the majority of us all vote the same ticket with the exception of one of our friends. However, it's all good. It's all good because all of us can agree on equal rights for all, no matter gender, religion, or race. The next event took place over the Easter weekend, Easter dinner at one of my sister's houses. While our mom and dad has since passed on, we still prepare the same Easter dinner we grew up with. It's a tradition to have a good bone-in ham, the real thing, not pressed, and the lucky person who pitched in and bought the ham gets ownership of the bone and the scraps for a future pot of navy beans and ham. We have a big casserole dish of scallop-like potatoes smothered with cream and cheese. Deviled eggs are my duty, as I am told I make the best deviled eggs, and I use my secret ingredient, which is French's brand salad mustard. Just a right little bit of touch there. We also have on the menu fresh asparagus, and preferably local asparagus, but that's dependent on the date of Easter for that year and, of course, the weather. Besides, us siblings, the same family friends join us as they have for many years before. One or two of us will also bring a good bottle of bubbly or at least a special Easter treat or two made with chocolate. I also contributed on the chocolate Easter treat this year with my bird nest cookies made with chocolate and butterscotch chips, peanut butter, and those crunchy chow mein noodles. And then I topped them with little malted milk candies shaped like eggs, so it looked like a nest. A photo and recipe of these nostalgic treats are on my blog. And they they are a very old treat that I can remember back when I was in grade school. Now we're almost into the month of May. And as I think back about that, I have a lot of fond memories. When I was a little girl and celebrating May 1st, May Day. When I was in grade school, we would celebrate the day with the tetherball pole and the rope and attached ball was removed from that pole and like magic the pole would be dressed in pastel streamers which we would weave the streamers around the may pole as we danced our teachers asked us to bring flowers from our yard to school for a special project with construction paper we would weave little pastel colored construction paper baskets or maybe make little paper cones with the construction paper and dress them up with ribbons and paper doilies. After the containers were completed, we would fill our little baskets or cones with the flowers we had brought to school. And when school ended, 
we would secretly hang them on the front door of someone special, usually our mothers. My mother was good at this game and never disappointed me. In the morning of May Day, she would help me cut flowers to take to school, never asking why, and always acted surprised, holding the basket of flowers she just happened to find at our front door as I sneaked in the back door. These traditions of May Day go as far back to the European festival with ancient origins known as Beltane and was celebrated by Druids, halfway between the spring equinox and the summer solstice. These festivals were popular through the 19th and 20th centuries in America, but today I don't hear much about these traditions, and I have to wonder if they were stopped by the same mentality of people who are all about book banning and revising the history taught to our children especially since these traditions are about the rebirth of our earth, which is too close to sex education, and the ever-so-wicked maypole could be construed as a stripper pole, especially if an ambitious book-banning mama did some history on this ancient holiday. In the old English classic novel Fanny Hill, written around the mid-1700s, there was some reference to the maypole being a phallic symbol for the rebirth of spring. Now, you can bet that's one book that has been banned. Hey, and with that said, I'm surprised the pole used for tetherball is still hanging around on the playgrounds. Now, a little follow-up on last week on my grievance tour. After that podcast, a friend and fellow wine blogger, reminded me that it just isn't the men who are guilty of putting down a woman's project or occupation, as she came upon some female perpetrators and telling me her experience with a young woman who knew it all. And as my brain reached back, I was also reminded of a couple incidents, with one in particular happened as I was attending a wine bloggers conference in Portland, Oregon. I laughed about it then, and I'm still laughing. During one of the sessions at the wine bloggers conference, I happened to find an extra chair at a six-top table that was occupied by three young women, probably in their early 20s. As I greeted them, The most response I got was one slight smile with a swish of the hair while turning her head in disapproval of my existence. Before the speaker started the session, I couldn't help from hearing the conversations from my table companions about how they could hardly wait to start filling their wine cellars with all of the free wine they would receive besides all of the money fancy dinners and trips they would receive for wine blogging. Sigh. I wish it was true. I wish it was true. If you received anything, nothing is free. You work hard to receive these perks. And note, I am making symbols of quotations over my head in regards to the word perks. The boldest one in the group of three finally turned to me 
and ask me if I was lost or did I have a grandchild who was blogging and if I was waiting for them. I just smiled and didn't bother to give her much information about myself. I didn't tell her I would be reaching a 10-year anniversary of wine blogging. I didn't mention that that evening during our formal dinner, my name would be read as one of the three wine bloggers nominated as best writer. It was almost too delicious to let her think I was a grandma waiting for my grandchild, the wine blogger. The session had started and the focus was about the very empty wine bottle on our table. As I looked around the room, there were various styles and colors of wine bottles on all the other tables in the room. We were to break off into teams at our table and write on paper what we knew about the lonely wine bottle from the specific region, varieties of wine that this bottle could possibly hold, and any history we knew about the bottle. So, as you can figure out by now, I was a team of one. The bottle at our table, it happened to be a Ronstadt bottle. You know, they're easy to identify as the bottles are wider at the bottom than a Bordeaux bottle and they have more of a sloped shoulder instead of the more pronounced higher shoulder that we see in Cabernet and Merlot bottles. So this traditional bottle came from the Rhone Valley of France. Therefore, you'll see these bottles filled with Syrah, Grenache, GSM blends, and even Chateauneuf de Pops, as well as whites such as Viognier, Roussan, Marsan. And if I remember right, there is some history on wine bottles, on most wine bottles, starting as far as back before glass, when wine was placed in clay vessels, and possibly the bottles took their design from the vessels crafted by, let's say, the village potter. So long story short, we were to place our paper of notes about the bottle on the table in front of us, and the speaker would come around and examine them. I remained as poised as possible when my notes were correct. And the team of three, my table mates, claimed the bottle was for Cabernet Sauvignon. The ringleader of the group turned to me and dismissed my correct notes and what the speaker said, that my notes were correct, and looked at me and said, well, I've also seen Cabernet in that style of wine bottle. I just smiled. What could I say? But there's a lesson here. Youngsters, be nice to the oldsters. You would be surprised at what they know and what they can offer. And sometimes the oldsters are looking for someone younger with a lot of energy to pass their baton to. Even the old grandma, like myself, who is just waiting for her grandchild, the blogger. Okay, I'm coming to the end of my podcast, and there's been a change of program just for the day. 
put away the stopwatches. I won't be doing my 59 seconds of national news and politics. As you may have noticed, I have already snuck in my politics regarding the book banners and their fixation of things of a sexual manner. So, on the 1st of May, I'd like to recommend to gather some posies from your yard or buy a bouquet at the neighborhood market and leave a small little bouquet, little nosegay at your neighbor's and friend's front door. See you next Wednesday on May 10th. Until we meet again, stay well, my pretties, and your little dogs too. For more information, check out my website at womaninwinecountry.com. There's also my Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, thank you for listening.